shut up and sit down. Welcome to the Health and Wealth Podcast with your hosts, Tim and Carter. What's trending in Richards? Carter Wilcoxon, founder of CSI Financial Group here with my co-host and former wealth advisor, Tim James, founder of chemicalfreebody.com and your new health advisor. This is the show where we reveal the connection between physical and financial abundance. Hey, welcome back in Richards. Carter Wilcoxon coming to you live from uh, Phoenix Open Week and Super Bowl Week out here in Phoenix, Arizona. Very excited. There's a buzz going on around everywhere as any of our enrichers who have been listening to us for any amount of time know I'm a huge Chiefs fan. Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, but we're calling it the Kelsey Bowl because for the first time in the history of the NFL, you have two brothers going against one another in the Super Bowl. You've got Jason Kelsey from the Philadelphia Eagles, the center number 62, going against his brother, Travis Kelsey, for the Kansas City Chiefs, number 87, uh, greatest tight end, I'm going to guess, ever in the history of the NFL uh, when it's all said and done. But anyway, very exciting time. Uh, and as normal, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Mr. Chemical Free Body himself, Tim James. Timmy, how are you doing, my man? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. I'm on day two of a water fast, which I don't recommend to newbies at all um, because people are malnourished. So once you get the nourishment, get your unmalnourishment, or wait, once you get unmalnourished, then you can think about a water fast. But um, just really excited. I'm uh, my mental clarity is amazing. Um, and isn't the waste management yeah. open or something going yeah, on Phoenix, in Phoenix right waste now? Waste management Phoenix Open is also happening. So Sunday is the final round of the Waste Management Phoenix Open here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Sunday's also the Super Bowl in Glendale, Arizona. So it's crazy around here right now. It's almost like I can imagine you being a little kid having Christmas two days in a row. <laughs> but it's all on the same day. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, I had one of my one of my private coaching clients is actually playing in that waste management deal. What do you mean? I don't know. He's said he's playing golf over there. That's what he told me. Was he playing in the Pro Am? Is he playing is he a is he a professional golfer? Uh, he's not a professional golfer, but he's a professional baseball player. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then he's pro- he's probably playing in the uh, Pro-Am. So they have a, a Monday Pro-Am, which was yesterday. Mm. Is the yeah, Wednesday that's Pro-Am, what it is. which is the big Pro-Am, is the Wednesday Pro-Am. Um, that's the one that cost you $15,000 to play in as a uh yeah, I'm sure that I, – I, he told me about it yesterday. I'm like, oh, this is going to come up tomorrow during the podcast. I knew it. <laughs> Bam, right out of the middle, right out of the gate. So, uh, All right, well, enough about us and golf, yeah. for God's sakes. Let's, yeah. get, let's get into uh, our guest because I um, – we had an 11-minute debate beforehand and a discussion. It was awesome. I'm really excited to have Barbara on. So why don't you bring her in, Carter? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, hey, and Richards, you are in for a treat. We have an industry um, – aficionado when it comes to aging barbara micheletti of interrupting aging uh is joining us today also out here in the phoenix scottsdale area so barbara thank you so much for joining us today thank you for having me carter and tim it's just i'm very excited to be here yeah well we're excited to have you so so we're going to just jump right in into it and you know interrupting aging we're going to take a little rewind here we're going to go back right what got you to where you're at today, right? So let's share with the enrichers, you know, your, your journey, you know, your path to where you're at today. Where do you think that kind of started uh, in the first place? 
Well, I have to say it actually started in my childhood. I was surrounded by a lot of very kind older adults in my neighborhood and in my church. And so the seed uh, was planted that I liked older people back then when I was a young person. But I actually didn't pursue gerontology per se, which gerontology, all that is, is the study of aging. I actually didn't pursue that until I was finishing up my undergrad, which was in Tucson, Arizona. And I can share with you a story of how I decided to go specifically into gerontology, if you'd like to hear that. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm going to get to that in just a second everything. But uh, okay. you know, talk a little bit about, you know, where it was, where did you grow up? You know, where did you, did, so I'm assuming you're a wildcat then. You said down in Tucson. I don't know if you went to Air. You know, <laughs> no, I wasn't. I actually grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Illinois, central Illinois. And my my parents were military. So I grew up near a military Air Force base. And so that's where the community, it was a very small community where we had a lot of older adults in the neighborhood and the community and in the church. And so that's really what planted the seed of uh, working with older adults in my later years. And I didn't move out here to Arizona until 1993 when my mom was living in Tucson. And that's how I ended up in Tucson and pretty much stayed in Arizona ever since then. Nice. So you ended up uh, moving out here when you were just a, a wee little one then in 93, right? <laughs> well, actually, I was two years into my undergrad, uh, undergraduate degree in psychology. I had finished, I had two years at the University of Colorado in Denver. And while I loved going there and I enjoyed living in Denver back in the day, I was an older student when I started. My mom, who was aging herself, was living in Tucson, Arizona. And I had two sisters, sisters there at the time as well. And so I made the decision to stop school in Colorado and then to move and finish my undergraduate in Tucson, Arizona, which is how I ended up there. Wow. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. So then you ended up eventually making your way from Tucson up to the real world in Phoenix then. I'm just messing. I'm just messing. I've lived in Tucson. I spent a little bit of time there. Not as big a fan of Tucson as I am of Phoenix. I think there's a lot more options here. But you made your way up here. And then how long have you been in the Phoenix metro area? Well, I've actually lived in Arizona for 28 years. And so I spent 10 years in Tucson, 10 years in Prescott, Arizona. And now I'm coming on eight years here in the Valley. And I'll... I, I really enjoy living in the Valley. It's really my favorite place. I feel like I've got a really good scope of the entire state of Arizona, having lived in some major parts of Arizona. And so Phoenix is my, my favorite. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, well, let's go ahead. I want to hear that story. I know, I know our enrichers are interested in, you know, what was it that really launched you into getting into the field that you're in? So back in Tucson, I was finishing up my undergraduate degree. So, Let's go back to 1995, and I was finishing my undergraduate degree and going into graduate school. Actually, I'm sorry, it was 1997, and finishing my undergraduate degree and in my graduate, um, in the starting of my graduate program, and I was working as a teller in a bank and surrounded by senior you know, living communities, and we had many of those folks who were our clients, and one of the people in particular was one of my favorite clients and her name was Betty. And so Betty was in her mid seventies and she just had a quick smile. She was a lot of fun to work with. So when she come into the bank, I'd always have her come up, Hey Betty, come on over and I'll take care of you. I noticed over time, cause I wasn't a gerontologist back then, but I noticed over time that Betty would forget my name 
and she would repeat herself. And I would have to carry our conversations sometime. And so I didn't think too much about it. Again, I wasn't a gerontologist. One day, Betty came in and said, came, I, I saw her at the door and I said, hey, come on over, Betty, I'll take care of you. So she came up to my teller's window. She says, Barb, I need a $10,000 cashier check. And I said, $10,000 cashier check, that's a lot of money. Like, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to go on a cruise? You're going to take care of yourself, pamper yourself. What are you going to do? And at first, she didn't want to tell me. And I said, Betty, you, you kind of have to tell me because the bank is going to ask. That's a lot of money and I need to create a cashier's check have the manager sign it. So she reluctantly told me that she was sending it to a very nice young man overseas whom she'd met on the phone. And I said, okay, is he family? Is he somebody that's related to you? And she was waving her hand. No, 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 honey. No, 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 honey. But I trust him. And I know he's going to take really good care of me with that money. So I got up from my chair, went behind me, created a cashier's check for $10,000 and I walked over to the branch manager's office and it's still so clear in my mind's eye. I can see this. And I walked into his office and I told him what had happened. I said, she, our client, she's at my window. She's got it. She wants a $10,000 cashier's check. She wants to send it to somebody she met over the phone. I've watched her over this period of time, forgetting who I am sometimes, <clears throat> You know, not remembering our conversations, repeating herself. And I said, I'm very concerned about her. Does she have a trusted contact? And I'll never forget the way he looked at me. And he said, no, it's none of our business. She could spend her money how she pleases. Give me the check and I'll sign it. So he signed the check. He handed it back to me. And I walked back over to my teller's window and I gave it to Betty. Here you go, Betty. She plucked it out of my hand. She's like, thank you, Barb. She walked out the door. I found out shortly thereafter that Betty was diagnosed with dementia. Betty, had the, she was living in an assisted living community and some distant relative that they had found um, at, the, at the community had Betty committed or locked in down into a lockdown facility and a memory care facility. They took away her car, they took away her home and her life basically. And I felt like back then the bank really failed her. And I felt like I had kind of failed her as well. And it was at that time, around that time, as I was in my graduate, pro just getting in my graduate program is when I made the decision to focus on gerontology and to work in some capacity helping older adults. Wow. Well, I mean, that, that, um, and of course, you know, you, you obviously have a heart for helping people plus as you mentioned, you know, early on in this conversation that you were attracted to like older generation, right? You know, they, they're kind, they're nice, you know, that there was this uh, appreciation for them. Right. So I know I can only imagine how difficult that would have been because you're probably looking at Betty, like, like if this was my mom, I wouldn't want my mom going through these types of things. So that's really what enabled you or really sort of push you towards the passion of where you're at today then is that is that fair it, it's a fair it's a fair statement to say yes and i ended up doing um creating a master's thesis around telemarketing fraud and older adults uh based on betty my experience with betty actually uh with cognitive issues and that's abnormal aging we all don't normally age into dementia or any other type of impaired cognitive ability or anything that was abnormal aging but I did decide to create um, a, my master's thesis on fraud. 
senior fraud, financial fraud, and older adults. And you know what this, this story reminds me of? There's a movie called I Care A Lot. Have you guys seen it? I, I, I started watching it, and then I just, I for some reason, didn't get back into it again. But I, I, it, was a, it was about like a crooked uh, legal guardian who was just taking money from elderly people, and she right? would find people and swindle them. So what, what, what happened? Well, who, was the, who was this dude overseas? Was it a relative or? No, it was telemarketing fraud. So, and it happens all the time. And the yeah. numbers back then, it was bad. It's just, it's epic proportion now. It was bad back then. And this is 25 years ago when I was a 34-year-old figuring out what gerontology meant and what telemarketing fraud was and what it mean to be an older person and all that. And so I did, I took that unique perspective of, normal aging, uh, aging consumer behaviors, and then just adding in life events such as diminished cognitive capacity or loneliness or, and she was living alone. And so this was somebody who was just making her feel good and, and such. And so she was alone, she was isolated. So taking those type of, take, taking that type of research and combining it together and coming up with Exactly what you talked about, Tim. I haven't seen that, but I've heard of it as far as that's under guardianship. That's somebody who is grossly taking advantage of people under a guardianship situation. Yeah, and I will say this, like if, you know, it's not rated PG at all. So if you have any kids, it's not probably the movie to sit down and watch with little kids or nothing like that at all. But anyway, if you're an adult, um, I had it was recommended from a friend of mine, and I, I remember watching it, and I don't watch a whole lot of movies, but I was like, holy crap, it was a pretty freaking – I mean, just wait till you see this lady, man. She's crazy. She literally is crazy. She's just taking people's money left and right. And it's like it's sad because it's like I know that's there's a lot of truth out there. This happens. My mom and dad are in their 80s. They get solicitation calls all the time. My mom and dad don't even answer the phone. They wait, they'll wait until somebody leaves a message, and as they're leaving it, they'll pick it up if they know them. That's great. Yeah. So you're in that age group, but I call it club sandwich. You know, you're part of a club sandwich. I'm, I'm not sure if you have kids, but you've got parents that you have to think about and are concerned with and everything and, and to make sure how their aging is going and are they living alone? Are they living independently? Are they living in some sort of an assisted living? I mean, you're a part of so many other people. Like I lost my parents 21 years ago, 22 years ago. They, they passed away as, as younger, older people. So I work with a lot of uh, folks who do have their parents, older parents and elderly parents still alive. A lot How old were your like, parents when they passed? Early seventies, but they weren't that healthy as well either. They just yeah. didn't take care of, which is where you're, where you come in as well. You know, the taking care of good care of our bodies. Yeah. And I saw that as a young person and I just had made the decision uh, decades ago that I wasn't going to live that type of life, that I would have a very active life and a very healthy life. Yeah, and for those listening, Barbara looks really healthy, and um, I think I'd be a pretty good judge of that, right, Carter? There's no doubt about <laughs> it. Yes, there's, there's definitely. Carter's that. actually getting healthier looking too, dude. You're looking good, man. Yeah, well, you know, it, it was funny because you mentioned uh, about a water fast. So and younger, I was just like, you know, I need I need to rip the bandit off. I need to shock the system, right? So I did a three day water fast to start the year, and I actually started. Love it. My birthday is January 2nd. I actually started on my birthday. And my wife goes, wait a second. So I'm not taking out to the steakhouse or anything. We're not doing that. She's like, really? You're going to start today? I said, I got to do it today. If I if I, do, if I wait till tomorrow, then I might wait till the next day. And yeah. I said, I'm ripping the Band-Aid off. I'm shocking the system. So I did a three-day water fast. And then one of these, you know, because I'm on all these different types of health email blasts that I get all the time, all because of the Health Hero Show probably. 
um, this guy is promoting a five-day water fast. I'm like, man, I'm almost three days into this. What's two more days, right? So I started yeah, thinking, that's totally me. Five-day water fast. But the, I got to tell you, it was the, it was a great stepping stone for me to get into that. So then I went from that into intermittent fasting. And what that's really done for me is it's taken a lot of pressure off me, right? Because I know the window I can eat in. And obviously, I'm trying to eat, you know, smart when I'm eating that window. I'm not like, hey, it's cheese at time now for six hours. But right. but what's that's what that's done for me is it's really put me in more of a, uh, of a my self-controlled environment where it's like, okay, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I'm not going to snack late at night because, you know, you got the cutoff. My biggest yep. issue, and I think any of you enrichers that are listening out there right now, if you're anything like a normal person, 8 o'clock, 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, you're like, oh, I'm a little hungry. Maybe I'll snack here and I'll snack there. That was my downfall. It's a little snack here, a little snack there, compounds after time. But that intermittent fasting where it's like from noon to six, that's my window. I'm drinking tons of water all day, but I'm but I'm definitely eating smart, intelligently in that little window. Mm-hmm. And it's done wonders for me, and thank goodness for the Green 85 as well. Awesome. All right, and Richards, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll be um, getting into the gerontologist world with Barbara Micheletti. We'll be right back. Estate planning. What does that even mean? When the inevitable happens for everyone on this planet, your estate plan kicks into action. But first, let's start with what an estate is. An estate is simply everything you own. Now, here's the issue and what needs to be understood when this event occurs. You only have two choices on this plan. Number one, either you plan how your estate gets handed out and distributed to those you leave behind. Or number two, your state decides who gets everything you own. For the first time ever, you can now take complete and total control of this plan that you've been deprived of for most of your life and generations before you. You can get personalized assistance along the way with a team of specialists whose job it is to make sure you have true peace of mind. It's important to understand that estate planning is a journey and rest assured that our team will be available to you all along the way and at every step. Welcome to eState Plan, home of the last estate plan you'll ever need. To learn more, make sure to reach out to your local advisor licensed with us or go to our website for more information. What's up, Enrichers? Tim James here. I'm back with my co-host Carter Wilcoxon. Get in the house today. We've got Barbara Micheletti. She's been doing gerontology for 25 years, which is the study of aging. And what's really interesting about her is she was actually uh, licensed to be a financial advisor and then decided to take a detour and start helping other financial advisors and insurance agents understand aging and how that can apply to their business. Because if you understand aging – then you can help. You're much better to help your clients with different products and tools, and how you just talk with them and planning, family planning, because there's the inevitable. So why don't you get into um, that, Barbara? Like, like talk about that detour moment. Like you're getting licensed, you're getting your. I think you said you got your 65, your insurance license. Then what happened? Well, I had been, I had been a 13 year property casualty insurance agent up until that time. So 25 years as a gerontologist. 13 years as a property casualty insurance agent. And over the years of being a regular insurance agent, I came across a lot of my clients who are mostly business owners, you know, first generation, second generation business owners, 
had a lot of age-related money issues. That was just tearing their business apart, tearing their family apart. I could only help them so far as an insurance agent and as a non-practicing gerontologist. So I made the decision to level up my game and become a financial planner. So I went through and took the securities test to become licensing and all that, to become a financial planner. When I got into the financial planning community, I realized over time that my highly esteemed colleagues, super smart, very dedicated, very passionate about helping their clients financially plan for that retirement number and such, not necessarily have those age-related money conversations, such as, okay, you're married. What if your spouse becomes demented? Who's going to pay? Who's going to be the caregiver? Are you going to age in place at home? What if it's your husband that becomes demented? Although it's usually women of the 6 million women, people that are living with, or with, living with uh, Alzheimer's in the United States, 75% are women. So if it's a, your husband that becomes demented, at some point, are you going to still be the caregiver? Are you going to be able to take care of them? So it's those difficult sensitive conversations to have with your clients to have a plan in place not only a number plan what your retirement number is at a million two million it's not only that it's hey what if you develop dementia what if you develop what if you become a caregiver and who are you going to be the caregiver for your mom your dad your spouse's mom dad grandma grandpa so you look beyond the numbers and you look at what is the impact of the your clients lives as far as developing a dementia, becoming a caregiver, do you have that estate plan in place? How can we create that consensus of putting an estate plan together and not create multi-generational trauma or adult child estrangement, things like that. And end of life, which we as a society have a very hard time talking about how we want to die and having those type of conversations and making sure you have all the legal documents that come in with that. So it's really that's anything age-related with a number is where I come in at. So it really helps you point out the realities of life and it allows the financial planners to have a conversation in a very meaningful, impactful way that will wake people up. Cause it's like, you know, you could say, Hey, uh, Jane, you know, uh, Tom here's, he's 220 pounds. Okay. You're 115. If, if, if he needs to have his butt wiped every day, are you the one going to do that? And when he slips and falls, are you going to be able to pick him up and get him into the bed? Because it's going to exactly. be dead weight. It's going to be dead weight. And I know I've, I've, I'm just for the folks that are out there listening. This is really important stuff because I've, I've lived in houses with people like by default. One time I was living with a gal to help her with breast cancer, and her mother had dementia, and then her dad ended up causing some problems. She was like 89, 90. Dad was like 92. He had to live with her. They were divorced for 40 years now they're back living with each other both with dementia and this like Rare, you know going but he fell and i had to pick him up and i'm strong i'm freaking i work out i take care of myself I, i'm like a, i mean i used to hunt and fish and pack deer and elk and stuff out of the mountains and and like it was hard lifting this guy he was 200 pounds of dead weight and i'm strong so that conversation is very important because this stuff is happening now hopefully from what you're doing you're also telling like the best thing is to take care of your freaking health, right? That's the best thing. You can get ahead of this stuff so you don't have yep. to deal with this or minimize your chances of doing it, but pointing these things out. So besides Alzheimer's dementia, you know, there's these things called activities of daily living. What, whatever happens 
Like if you can't go to the bathroom or you can't get up and get out of a chair, people don't think about this. What if you can't mm-hmm. go up and down stairs and all of a sudden you need a ADA wheelchair type stuff? Exactly. Coming in. That are you planning for the money for that? You know, I did exactly. reverse mortgages, and a lot of these times when people, um, the reverse mortgages are just a financial planning tool, and they're the right mm-hmm. for the right person at the right time. But there are these mm-hmm. people; they'd have a house, two story house, they can't mm-hmm. go up the stairs anymore. So there right. was a couple options: you spend, uh, you know, thirteen thousand, have a, a chair ramp going up and down, like George did in mm-hmm. Seinfeld. Remember when he would pretend that he was hurt? <laughs> and then, or, or you have um, you have to remodel the downstairs and put a, a master bedroom downstairs, which is going to cost exactly. Right. So it's stuff like that. And people aren't they don't think, about, oh, I'm fine now. And but all of a sudden it hits you right in the face. Right. Exactly. It, 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 it does. You're right. I mean, you're just so spot on. It just hits you in the face. And it was something that Carter and I was talking about offline here is having that self-awareness of your own aging process and those around you and then preparing for maybe you becoming demented. Maybe you have mobility issues. Maybe these things that might happen to you, but you want to prepare in the event that they kind of do happen. And what's your plan? What are you going to do? Who is around you to support you? And my and, and my program goes into what if you're a single woman? You're an aging woman. You have different issues of aging than an aging man who has different issues than an aging couple. So we really have to address as a financial professional and insurance professional, you really do have that extra like a secret sauce right because you're able to watch your and watch and witness your clients over time maybe become more frail and tim to your point when you talked about mobility i have one of my presentations that i call walking like you stole it and that was something that i stole from my gerontology professor all those years ago in graduate school because he scared the bejesus out of us because he would tell us if you don't take care of your walking and your gait which is walking fancy way and your mobility and your balance, he goes, I promise you, you will end up in skilled nursing. You will end up not be able to do your activities of daily living because you're not strong enough, because you become frail and you you develop, which is called sarcopenia, which is just simply loss of muscle mass. And that's something that as a financial insurance professional, you've got that set of eyes and ears where you can watch your clients. And if they do become more frail looking to you, but I could promise you there's maybe going to be some cognitive issues that go along with their frailty. And there and therein lies a whole host of financial costs as well. Yeah, you know what it reminds me of is like there's a company that's built a, a big business around that life alert. I've fallen and I can't get up. That actually happened to my grandma and she laid there for a day and a half. Oh, you know, with man. a with a broken hip. Oh. That's a that's a scary deal. And you know, it's like and luckily we we go by the house and we're always, you know, going by all the time. Otherwise, you know, she, if she didn't have family, I mean, good lord. She that's terrible. There. She could. And you know that happens all the time. I hear stories like that all the time. And our fire departments are taxed to the limit for these firemen, usually men that go out and they lift these people up that are that have fallen on the ground. And to your point, sometimes they're super heavy people. And then if you have a spouse who can't lift them up, and that's just one little piece of a whole bigger picture of being a caregiver and the emotional trauma that goes with being a a caregiver. Interesting statistic I heard the other day, I was listening to a neurologist over at the Barrows Institute who was saying that 60%, the number shocked me, 
60% of caregivers pass away before the person that they're giving care to 60%. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, we've been working with a few different uh, caregiver organizations behind the scenes to come in and to provide that level of estate planning services because of our digital platform that we have, right? Because we can help with anybody's estate plan that they need proactively, obviously not reactively, just like with the interrupting aging, right? And then Richard, thank you for joining yes. us for another episode. You're listening to Barbara Micheletti of Interrupting Aging that we are very excited about partnering up because she is going to help a lot of our advisors understand the type of terminology and the, the different ways to be able to insert their wisdom, but around, you know, the aging process, right? But, but we've been working with a lot of these other entities um, where because I, I'm learning about the caregiver thing, right? Like one of the things I learned, there's 61 million caregivers today. In, in the United States, 61 million caregivers. And then you just gave me another stat that 60% of those 61 million predecease who they're taking care of. That is a staggering statistic that I had no idea about, but it's reality. It's happening every day all across the country, right? And if you can become a centralized multidisciplinary team approach around all of these things that we're talking about, which is why we're excited about excited about partnering up with interrupting aging is because is that that will then help to differentiate you against those who are not making that an integral part of the entire planning planning yes. people right it's about planning proactively mm-hmm. that's why I'm excited about all this stuff that we're learning from you today so if you don't mind Barbara talk a little bit about how you are directly working with, uh, with advisors or, or people that are in your, your program that you're established? So you brought up just such great points. It's really that planning in advance, right? We just don't know. But when you can have some sort of a plan, and that's why I love the estate planning, and that's why I love what you're doing, helping people create that estate plan, because that's really that they're, they're the beauty of having those documents in place and having the discussions with those documents in place down to how do you want to die? Where's your letter of intent? Do you have a, a, a living will? And do you have a, a DNR? Or what, what are your wishes? Because it takes that decision-making off your family, which is something that we all want. We don't want our adult kids to have to do, right, is make those decisions for us. And we certainly don't want them making those decisions when you're lying half dead or you just were you know, given a cancer diagnosis or something like that. And now you have this emotional trauma that's going along with your decision making and that's why what you're to your point it's best to do this while everybody's cognitively healthy and physically healthy but as far as how i work with with uh within my program i have created what i call the it's an online on-demand aging and money blueprint program where you go in as a financial and insurance um, or senior focused professional and you literally become this aging expert you dive right into, it's a gerontology-based program based upon the education that I went through. And so it's a gerontology program, learning about the aging process in general and what it means to be a gerontologist and what it means to be an aging expert. And then we dive into what's normal versus abnormal aging. So you have a very good idea of when you do see your clients that you can pick out Hmm, I wonder if that is just normal forgetfulness because we do experience that as we age, 
or the experiencing mild cognitive decline or mild cognitive impairment, or are they experiencing some other sort of dementia-related neurocognitive disease? Because the thing is, one of the first things to go when we develop a neurocognitive disorder is our financial decision-making. And we start making crazy financial decisions. That's where you get frauded. And that's where the beauty of your being an aging expert for your clients, where you can watch for these things and maybe anticipate and look ahead at your clients and go, okay, they're, they're now they're grieving. You know, they've lost a spouse or something like that. And that could put them in some sort of a grief. We don't want them to make decisions when they're grieving because you can make poor decisions. Or maybe you notice that they are mentally slipping and you're going to learn to discern, is it normal, is it normal age-related decline or is it indeed some sort of a mild cognitive impairment? Those are the things that we discuss and what they learn. Here's the thing. In this program, it's not like you are not aging as you're going through this program. My clients also, it helps them within their own aging process. They can look at this and apply this to themselves, their moms, their dads, their adult kids, their husband or their wife. So you can use it for yourself as well. So it's really a program that benefits the end user, which is the client. But from a financial planner's standpoint, you're really, uh, I would say, um, adding a skill set to further separate yourself from the pack. So if you're just really interested in growing your business, it's a, it's a very big add-on. And I'm, I believe that there's two components there, their caring component, and it's also a business building component, um, both of them. And probably that's why uh, Carter is bringing you on, because it's a win-win for what he's doing. Well, you're really setting yourself apart, right? And that's what you want to do is you want to differentiate yourself. You don't want to be like every other advisor or agent or whatever. You want to differentiate yourself. This is how you differentiate yourself. You're not going to meet very many people who are a gerontologist and who have a 13-year property casualty insurance background. I can tell you that right now. But as a professional, you want to differentiate yourself from everybody else and say, this is why you want to work with me because I know these things extra. And being on the cutting edge of our aging population and being poised to be able to help, you know, their, not only your older clients and your elderly clients, but their adult kids and the future generations. I mean, there's $84 trillion that's being transferred now to future generations over the next 25 years. And that's a lot of money to be had, right? And people need to work with financial and insurance professionals. They just don't know that they need to do that. And they don't realize the capabilities that you have as an insurance and as a financial expert. Yeah, that's uh, that's thanks to Cerulli and Associates. That's where the statistic comes from. It's it's interesting yes. because um, in 2014, that number was, I want to say, 38 trillion, right? 2014, it's all the way up to $84 trillion, the great wealth transfer that we're talking about, right? Huh? And what we're really doing here, Barbara, and what, what I, can appreciate what you're doing. And, and, and again, I'm very excited about our, our partnership and how we're going to be able to work together is that, you know, having, um, you know, number one, being proactive and eliminating the type of family fracturing that happens when you don't, when you neglect this type of planning, right? You can't just bury your head in the sand. Literally, that's what a lot of people do because it's, it's a topic that's so scary or whatever. But our network of advisors are now going to have access to the types of things that you can bring to the table to be a, a continuation or an, an offshoot or a 
complement to their practice that they can now, you know, be a different type of advisor. You can completely separate and differentiate yourself with all the tools that we have brought together. We, you know, we met one another on LinkedIn or on Instagram. I don't remember exactly how it happened, but you, I was watching all the stuff you're doing. I'm like, man, this really fits in great with what it is that we're doing. I got to see if, you know, you'd be willing. And then of course you happen to be here in Phoenix too. So that made it even easier. Right. So come over, you know, meet for, uh, you know, for half an hour and everything. But anyway, it, it's, it's really great with what you're doing and having these modules you've created an on-demand, you know, uh, capability of, of taking an advisor and eliminating. Let me just tell you this right now, Richards, if you're a transactional advisor and you want to stay transactional only, this is probably not the place for you to go. If you want to be more transformational and literally be impactful for that families that you want to work with and differentiate, differentiate, differentiate yourself that much more, then welcome home is all I would say. Yeah, you'll actually have that. more transactions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely, because you're gonna you're gonna uncover so many things that you're gonna products and services that you can offer your clients when you when you hear that you're talking with a, a, a husband and a wife, and then you learn that her mom is living with them. She's been taking care of the kids, and so we've got now we've got that potential right there and they don't have long-term care insurance, the husband and the wife, and then they've got one child between them. And then he's got kids on his own from the second, first marriage. She's got kids of her own from her first marriage. So now you've got a combined marriage. I mean, you just have all these different things. You've got life insurance. You've got all these other different type of products that you can introduce and they will be happy to hear them you know, to at least to know that you're, that you can see through what's going to happen. And then also to figure out what's going to, what they're going to do with the mom, because at some point she's not going to be the caregiver to the kids anymore. They're going to become the caregiver for her to Tim's point earlier, having to be some sort of this caregiver you know, with, uh, with mom and dad and everything. So it, it just, it's, these are slippery slopes that we work with. And so it's just being finally tuned into what's happening you know, how can you help? And really at the end of the day as well, I mean, you are doing the right thing for your clients, right? You are being that fiduciary. You're helping them. You're, you're guiding them into making the best decisions that they can with whatever they've got going on, knowing that because of our aging process in and of itself, we, we, we change, we grow, we develop, we evolve and all that things change over time. And so knowing that you're in lockstep with your, with your clients, you know, you're not only helping them, you're doing the right thing for them, but you're able to help their future generations as well and be a leader in your community because you're doing something that's just so different from what everybody else is doing. It's not transactional anymore. I would imagine you get a lot of referrals out of that thing, too, because I'm just I'm just seeing ladies, you know, having matcha lattes in the morning or a glass of wine in the evening. And it's like, you know what? I really like my financial advisor. You know why? Because he pointed out that Tom's 200 pounds, and if something happens to him, I'm going to end up wiping his butt. So I didn't want to do that, so I talked to him, and we just bought a long-term care policy, and now that's – he's – I'm covered. I'm covered. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, that it's like this guy actually cares. and I've never had a financial planner talk about that kind of stuff, you know? Anyway, I just exactly. think it's a good thing. Yeah. Carter, is there anything else before we go to break that you wanted to ask her? Because No, no, I, I think that's awesome. I, I, you know, we, we can give away plenty more and everything, but in the show notes and Richards, there are going to be – all the ways to be able to get in contact with Barbara and learn all about her, her, her programs and everything that you can be able to tap into and, uh, and make as part of your practice if you're smart enough. 
Ooh. <laughs> all right. We're going to take a quick break with Mr. Whiplash over here. Um, we'll be right back, guys. We'll um, flip the script on on Barbara, and she'll get to ask me some questions when we return. You want the absolute best for yourself, and you want it to be easy. That's why we created Green 85. It helps with detoxifying the body gently. We're proud it's chemical-free, unlike almost all other supplements you'll find. Bottom line. Green 85 will get you healthier. We look forward to hearing what Green 85 did for you. To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Enrichers? Tim James here with my co-host, Carter Wilcoxon. Again, in the house, we have Barbara Micheletti. And um, now this is the point in time where we're in space reality here where we're going to flip the script and you get to ask me questions. Anything goes on health, whether it's for yourself, friend, family member, public health, whatever you want, what you got. So, so Tim, I'm very interested because you're into health so much and the anti-aging world, and I find that world fascinating as well. And in, in my world of gerontology, we actually call that geroscience, which wasn't taught 25 years ago when I was in graduate school because they hadn't really processed the research on the C. elegans worms back then, which really kind of started this longevity movement. So my question to you, I would love to know, you focus on, on being healthy at your age. For me as a gerontologist, I'm always looking in the future of what is a, what is my 75-year-old body and, and stuff look like. So my question to you would be, how do you view your aging of right now, how you're taking care of yourself, how you're prepping your future 75-year-old body? Well, that's an interesting way of asking that question. I like it. So the bottom line is, is that if we're going to look at this from a fundamental level, is that our bodies are from nature, right? So our bodies are mostly made of water, right? Um, you find that in nature, creeks, ponds, rivers. Um, our bodies are made of carbon. Our bodies are made of oxygen, hydrogen. You know, it's just, there's certain things that our bodies are base components, minerals, right? So you find minerals in the ground, you find it in our bones. You find bacteria in our gut, same bacteria in the soil. So we are from nature. And I think the plan here to live healthy now, whether it's age 40, 50, or it's 70, 80, 90, 100 plus, is getting back into sync with nature. And that's what it is. So the more we can sync up with nature, the more anti-aging it'll be because we shouldn't even have these topics about anti-aging. We should just age gracefully through our life and then take our last breath and pass away. But what's happened in in our modern world, in these modern times that we're in, we have a tremendous amount of pollution that we're dealing with. And that pollution is bioaccumulating in our body, in our cells, our tissue, our organ systems, our brain tissue, from the air we're breathing, the water we're drinking, the food we're eating, the clothing that we're wearing, um, the personal cosmetics and personal care products that we're putting on our bodies. I always bring it up all the time. It's like I remember when I first went to Hippocrates Health or Hippocrates uh, Wellness Center in Florida, and um, they said, yeah, sodium lauryl sulfate is in most shampoos, and it causes cancer. It's a carcinogen. 
I was like, whoa. I'm like, what? So I wrote that one down. And then they were talking later about toothpaste. And, you know, if the, if the toothpaste bottle says harmful if swallowed, please contact the Poison Control Center. Um, it's got fluoride in it and some other stuff. And I was like, so I, I looked at that and I wrote that. I remember writing those two down. I got home and I went right to my shampoo and I looked. Guess what the first ingredient was? Sodium lauryl sulfate. And I'm like, shit, I'm putting this in my – not only is it going in my hair, but it's going in my scalp, right through the skin transdermally, into my – into my bloodstream and then it you know my body as a protective measure is grabbing it and stick it in my fat tissue so i don't die you know and then i looked at my toothpaste harmful of swallowed please contact the poison control center i've been brushing my teeth with this stuff for years i never like isn't it if it if too much of it can kill you isn't it killing you a little bit every time you put it in your mouth absolutely freaking lutely but it's just like everybody in society is doing it dad was doing it so you're doing what dad did mom you just that's the way it is so when you're looking at somebody aging now or in the 80s and beyond it's start taking care of yourself right now it doesn't matter which age you are you have to go back to nature back to the mothership and there's certain things that you need to do number one is you learn how to have a daily detox protocol so your lifestyle the what the things that you drink and the, and and what you eat maybe some detox products and stuff like that that you do exercise pushing crap out of your body you want to get the flow going whether it's the bloodstream the perspiration you want to get the body moving and moving and getting stuff out stop putting the toxins in and learn a daily detox lifestyle to put it out that's what we teach the second thing which might also be the first thing it just it's interchangeable is stress there's a lot of stress today in the world stress is the number one killer it's dragging people down it will age you um it's gonna it'll make you get old faster because when you're stressed out um you're literally creating chemicals in your body that are not supposed to be there because if a saber-toothed tiger adage is coming at you, you're, re you're re releasing lots of adrenaline. You're releasing cortisol. Your adrenal glands are blowing out all the time, but you're just living your life, but you've become very tolerable to it. Those chemicals that were released for you to fight or flight to run or punch something, try to live, are just being manufactured, but then they're not being burned off as fuel, and they become toxic in the body. So stress creates a toxic load all the time, and so mitigating your stress through getting out in nature, walks, hanging out with people that are nice to you, that support you, um, you know, meditation, breath work, and anything that you can do to learn how to be in the eye of the storm no matter what's going around you, you're going to live a longer, healthier life. This is a practice that's going to last you forever. Then the third thing is flooding the body with that nature, right? So, you know, fresh foods, sprouts. Sprouted grains, sprouted nuts, sprouted seeds, things that are living, living foods, and getting more incorporating that stuff, uh, fresh, clean food. You know, it's crazy. You can't just say, you know, food because it's like non-GMO, non-irradiated, non-pasteurized, gluten-free. You know, it's just all this crap you got to, you know, say about food today. It's like what happened when food was just food? You know what I mean? This was before the pollution, the soils have been farmed out and all this stuff. So, again – the answer to your question is three things. Reduce your stress, get the pollution out of your system and out of your home, and stop buying things that are putting it in. And then the third thing is flooding your body with nature and realizing that you're a part of nature, and that's where you got to return. And when you put those three things together and you work on these habits daily and you create this new environment, this new lifestyle with you know non-toxic clothes that aren't off-gassing and, and you're, you get your water purified and your air purified and, and you start building this environment, you're you're going to – it's not just stopping the aging process. You're going to age the way you were supposed to. Everybody else that's, you know, people that are 60 years old on five medications in a, in a care home, that are in a wheelchair, that's not how people are supposed to be. And I, when I first got into this industry, 
people, I was like, I'm going to live to 140. And a lot of people are like, I don't want to do that. You know why? You know why they said that? Because they said that because they just talked about that 60-year-old in the nursing home that can't move in a wheelchair. And they couldn't even imagine living another, you know, uh, 80 years in that situation. That's what they're picturing. But my vision is like, picture yourself when you're 15, 20, running around, you got abundant energy, um, and you do that till you're 100, you know, or 140 or whatever. That's the difference. So it's all about belief systems. It's about the pollution. It's about stress, and it's about nature. And if we do all of those things, everybody everybody has the the ability to go back to aging the way we're supposed to and live long, healthy lives. And everybody, I'm, I'm everybody listening. You have a God given right to wake up and feel good, and to and to be loved, and to feel loved, and to and just be loved. And a lot of people have lost that. They really have lost that. So we can tap into that kind of stuff. That's that's where you're going to have a long, healthy, anti aging life. Well, you really hit the nail on the head when you talked about uh, the stress. One of the big things of, of just aging in general, I mean, one of the overarching themes of slowing down the aging process is having that positive attitude and, and eliminating as much stress as you can out of your life. Having that attitude of gratitude, it really does take you a long way. And to your point about uh, the the pollution and our food supply, which are terrible. I mean, they really are. It, it, it has gotten worse. And the research keeps coming back time and time again of having a good diet. And the best diets that I've seen in my research that are out there, again, it goes back to that Mediterranean diet, fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, little to no red meat, which is really not a good thing to have, and, and very little any type of meat consumption. So it really is the fresh vegetables, fresh fruits, lots of clean water when you can get that and good healthy exercise habit combined together that diet and that exercise and we're not talking a little bit of exercise because we're pushing against that aging process it has to be robust exercise and it has to be a really good diet are we going to slip yeah do i like doritos sometimes yes but we have to maintain for the most part if we want to age healthy because we will pay down the road with diminished walking, diminished mental capacity, we will pay down the road if we don't take care of it now. So you're spot on as far as having it it's starting right now. And that you do have, everybody who's listening, start today. If you don't, it's never too late. And I say this all the time, you're never too old. It's never too late to start a healthy program. I was at Hippocrates once and they had, uh, they told me a story about a gal that was there she had very weak bones, and she was like 92. And so, you know, a lot of people that age are like, ah, whatever. I've got osteoporosis. I'm just going to fall and break my leg one of these days, and that's it. And with she, she didn't even want to go to the place, but she ended up going and fell in love with it and started feeling better. And then she decided to stay longer. And I can't remember what it was. She stayed like nine weeks or 13 weeks. It was it's a three week program. She stayed. I think it was like nine or 13 somewhere in there. Um, and, uh, she increased her bone density in that time period, like 22 to 26% on that lifestyle. And you know what they did was they got her on fresh food and they got her lifting heavy weights. They did weight resistance exercise. So, and I remember, I'll never forget. He's like, if you have osteoporosis and osteopenia, you're dealing with this kind of stuff. Your number one deficiency is you have a weight, weight lifting deficiency. That's what it is. You need, you need weight exactly. and stress on those bones. That's number one calcium. Well, actually they tested um, this is a big takeaway for people. Only one out of 125 people actually have calcium deficiencies. 
So the sham of the calcium supplement industry is robust, and it's all the way up into medical communities now prescribing people to go get calcium pills um, when it's only one out of 125 that actually need it. And um, and then what they what do they what do they go to the store and get? Ground up chalk, which is another carcinogen that causes cancer, or like ground up oyster shells, which can cause hardening the arteries, gallstones, and kidney stones. Not a solution. Not bioavailable. Like. If somebody asked me and they were one of those one out of 125, then we would probably recommend, and we, probably we would, we'd recommend Arjuna tree bark, which is a totally bioavailable source of calcium. But again, it's a weightlifting deficiency, right? So did you have any other questions for me? Oh, I, I was actually going to make a comment on your, uh, about, your about your story with the uh, osteoporosis. I practice Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And one of the ladies that I that I roll with, that I trade with, she's That's 70. so cool. She's seventy, and she can kick my butt. And she is a purple belt. She told me she reversed completely her osteoporosis, and she'd only been practicing. She's been training since she was sixty-five, so she's been practicing for five years. And I was a little shocked when she told me that. I said, "You did what?" And she said, "I reversed my osteoporosis." By training, to your very point, she does the heavy weightlifting and she does Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Between those two, and her and eating well, she eats as healthy and as fresh and as clean as she could. She she is very strong, and so what a great success story! That what your story was as far as that woman being able to reverse her osteoporosis is absolutely true. Like we can't stop the aging process. That's where geroscience comes in at. But we can slow it down, and we have more control of our own aging process than most people think. Absolutely, awesome. Definitely. Yeah. This, okay, uh, Carter. I think that's it, buddy. Well, yeah. You know what? And again, you know, there's going to be plenty in the show notes to be able to to get in contact with Barbara. Barbara, you're a uh, um, such a breath of fresh air and an additional piece of all the things that we try to bring to help not only advisors but obviously advisors' clients. Right. I mean. And if you typically, if you're in the financial services business, you you do have a heart for helping people and you want to help people. Right. And when I met you and I saw what you're doing and everything, I just like this is just this is a no brainer. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, hey, Enrichers, if you want to be able to see all of our previous guests that are awesome, just like Barbara Micheletti of Interrupting Aging, you can go to our website at www.thehealthandwealthpodcastshow.com and make sure to like, share and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast, uh, Podbean even. So um, I just want to say that it's always a pleasure. This week is a crazy week. Again, it's the Waste Management Phoenix Open Week, Super Bowl Week and everything. Very exciting about what's going on. Uh, Super thankful to have Barbara come on. So for my co-host, Mr. Chemical Free Body himself, I'm Carter Wilcoxon, CEO and founder of CSI Financial Group and Epic Services Company. Thanking you for coming on. Barbara, again, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for inspiring us so many. Hopefully people will start thinking about exactly what it is that they're, that they're doing. And then we'll get more people to learn more about what it is you can do to help them help their clients. Can I just thank you guys both for doing what you're doing? Tim, you're spreading the word about being healthy and then getting back to nature, which is such a beautiful thing. And Carter, thank you so much for what you're doing, getting that word out about just the estate planning and, and taking care of your loved ones. I mean, we are in February and this is the, the, the month of love. And, and this is just the perfect, these are the, the perfect, you know, 
ways to be able to express this love is to be able to help your help your friend, your family with this type of planning. So thank you guys for what you do. And thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Hey, so in Richards, until next time, we will see you on the Health and Wealth Podcast Show. Thank you, everybody. Hey, in Richards, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Health and Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Carter Wilcoxon. And I'm your host, Tim James. And by God, we are committed to helping you guys have fat wallets, flat bellies, So tune in again for another episode and make sure to like, share, and drink a lot of water. Or beer. You have just listened to the Health and Wealth Podcast with Carter and Tim.